Before I, um, before we, we get into the word today, I just want to take this time just to to share with us uh, what's going to happen in the month of May. Um, this this month, we are going to celebrate YM's sixth anniversary, um, and I hope that we are excited for it. Uh, we are going to celebrate on the 16th of May, and um, there will be a lot of things that we will try to do leading up to it. But I hope that as we gear up for it. Let's anticipate God. Let's look forward for what He wants to do for us. And everything that He has done for us for the past six years is a time to be grateful, but also a time to expect more. Amen. Amen. Right now, let's jump to the Word of God today. Open your Bibles today to the First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17 to 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17 to 24. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17 to 24. Let's read. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay in all churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not be uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation they were, called, they were in when God called them. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you gain your freedom, do so. For the one who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who was freed when, God, when, 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 when called is Christ's slave. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Let's pray. God, we, we come before you today. We sit at your feet. Open up our hearts. Open up our ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now it's... It's very good to know that during the, the MCO, during the lockdown, we see that many of us, uh, we have uh, learned and picked up new hobbies. Myself included, uh, one of the hobbies that I picked up during the, the MCO is uh, what they call recreational gardening, right? And uh, basically, I don't plant to, I don't garden to harvest and to eat, but it's just for, I, I like to tell myself that I'm, I want more oxygen in my house, so I... I, I do that, right? And so I remember there's one time during the MCO, uh, previous MCO, CMCO, I, I don't know which part, which time, uh, we went to, I went to the nursery just to buy some, some plants and then I, I brought it back home. And then the next day came and I was wondering to myself, how come the, 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 the plant is not growing, right? How come the plant is not growing? And so what I did was I went to the plant, I tried to uproot it out and to check if it was, it was growing, you know, what's wrong with it? Is, are the roots growing? And then I see, okay, it looks fine. I put it back in the soil. I plant it back and then I just left it. The next day came and I looked at it again. I said, hey, how come it's not growing? How come it's still the same height as the previous day? So I did the same thing again. I began to take it out. I took out the soil. I checked the roots. Is it, is it, is it, is it well? Is it growing? Is it healthy? And I, I plant it back in. Now I've been doing that so much so that 
when, when Jasmine saw me doing that, she, she, she scolded me and she said, can you leave it alone? If you keep uprooting it, if you keep taking it out, it's never going to grow. And that made me think. It's funny how a plant, in order for a plant to grow, in order for a plant to move, in order for a plant to progress, it needs to stay. It needs to remain. Today, for this brief moment, I want to speak to us around this title, Remain for Growth. Remain for Growth. Now, in the text that we just read, the Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthian church about, and he was addressing a particular issue that the church was experiencing. Right? And he was basically trying to, 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 to tell them, because why? They were wondering, the Corinthians were wondering, what is it like to live like the pagans do? They will begin to wonder, why could the pagans do that? Why could the pagans eat the, 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 the things that they eat? Why could they say the things they say? Why could they live the way they live? And so much so that it has been distracting them from doing what God has called them to do. That's why when we read in this text that we just read from chapter 17 to 24, Paul dedicates this portion of, of, of Scripture to put things in order, to set them straight, to tell them, hey, those things are not your concern. You focus on what God has called you to do. And, 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 and if we think about it, the truth is that God's desire for us, for His people, is to live a life that remains. It's to live a life that abides in Him. It's to live a life that stays, that, that, that remains focused on, on, on what He has called us to do. Because if you really think about it, there is a huge difference between being planted and being buried. We bury something knowing that there is no potential for growth. But when we plant something, we know that it has potential to grow. But more than that, there is one, it's one thing to be planted, it's another to remain planted. It's one thing to put a seed in the soil, it's another to let it remain there, to leave it there until it grows. And God's desire is not just that His people is planted, but God's desire is that, is, is that His people remain planted remain planted in Him. And we see it two times, Paul mentioned in this text, remain, remain. And so the question that we want to ask ourselves, that we want to, to, to explore today is what then are we to remain? What then are we to remain in Him? The first thing Paul addresses in, in chapter 17, he says, nevertheless, each person should live life as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all churches. The first thing that we are to remain from this text is that we are to remain faithful to the assignment. Paul says that each of us who calls ourselves followers of Jesus Christ are to live our lives in whatever God has assigned to us. We need to pay close attention to the tense that Paul was saying, assigned, that you are assigned. That means you have been given an assignment. You have been given an assignment. Now, these assignments 
could mean many things. It could mean the, the, the situations that you are in in life. It could mean the circumstances that you are going through in life. And one of the ways that we can find out what, what are our assignments, what is our assignment, is to begin to ask that question, who and what is around me? Who has God placed around me in my life? What situation, of what area, of what, of what company, or what industry, where has God placed me? Those are your assignments. Your family is your assignment. Loving them is your assignment. Loving your neighbour is your assignment. Caring for your members is your assignment. Cooking and cleaning the house is my assignment. Visiting my dad is my assignment. Taking care of my grandma when she's sick is my assignment. Those are my assignment. And we need to realise that each and every one of us have an assignment. That's why we cannot, we, it, it's, it's, it's almost difficult to say, I don't know what, what, what I have. If you are placed in a family, they are your assignment. Caring for them is your assignment. Taking care of your mom is your assignment. But do you know one of the things that stops us from being faithful to God's assignment for us? is procrastination. And I have found myself in that, in procrastinating over and over again the things that God has assigned for me to do. I procrastinate so much so that I come up with my own excuses. I say and I tell God, God, I'm not ready, I'm not good enough, I'm not successful enough, I'm not financially stable enough, I'm not mature enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. So much so that I begin to talk myself out from what God is, what has assigned me to do. And sometimes we respond in that way as well, you know. When our CG leader asks us, hey, do you want to serve uh, on, on team? You want to serve in the worship team? You want to serve in the SM team? You want to serve in the MM team? We begin to say, when we're in high school, we say, sorry, leader, I cannot because I got my IG is coming up. I need to study for my exams. I have to go my assignment. I got so much things to do. Maybe, you know, uh, after I finish all these things and then when I go to college, I have a car, I have more time, then... I will serve, I will commit more. Then when we move and we graduate from, from IG or SPM, we, we, we enter into college, right? And then our leader comes back to us, hey, it's already college, you're in college already, yeah? Uh, um, can you serve? Do you want to serve on, on, the, on the team? You want to sing? You want to, you want to dance? We say, oh, sorry, leader, I cannot, you know, because uh, now I've got a lot of FYP, a lot of assignments. And then, you know, I need to, 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 to catch up with my, with my homework and my studies. You know, online classes are not easy. And say, maybe when I, when I start working, then I have more free time, I'm more, I have more freedom. I can make uh, 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 better decisions in when I'm working. Then, okay, then I will serve you. But now, I cannot. And then we move and we start work. And then our leader come back to us and say, hey, come and join the SM team. Lah. You're, you're working, you know, you should be free. You should more time. Come and join. And then we say, sorry, leader, I cannot. Why? Because work very busy, la. my boss is crazy. Also many deadlines, working OT every day. I have no time to serve, I have no time to come for CG, I have no time to commit. Wait until I, 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 I progress in a level where, you know, uh, I, I, I become my own boss. Then, you know, I, can, I have more free time, you know, and then I, 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 I can actually serve more and, and do more later. You see, we will always have an excuse so long we are looking for one we will always have an excuse to say whatever that we want to say. 
But the question that I want to, to, to ask us today is that are you talking yourself out from what God is currently calling you into? Of what He is currently leading into, you into? Because the Apostle Paul, he emphasised it by saying in verse 21, a slave can please God as a slave, just as how a free man can please God as a free man. In other words, in other words, what that, what that means is the slave should not live his life thinking, I cannot serve God, I cannot please God if I, when I'm a slave. Wait until I become free and then only I will serve. You see? And that's why we should not be thinking, I can only serve God, I cannot serve God now, I cannot uh, 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 um, do what God has called me to do now because I am, you know, busy studying a student and so on and so forth. Because if you really think about it, it's not so much if you're married or single, it's not so much, you know, whether or not you're rich or poor, you're a Jew or Gentile, whether you are 21 years old or 41 years old, whether you have been a Christian one year or 10 years, each and every one of us, we are to live a life that remains faithful to what God has assigned to us, to the people that He has placed around us in whatever situation and season we are in today. It's not about tomorrow. It's not about what can I do for God tomorrow. It's about what I can do for God today. In this very minute, in this very hour. What can I do for God today? Because we cannot receive more from God if we keep rejecting, if we keep procrastinating, if we keep saying, God, tomorrow only give me this gift. Tomorrow only give me this assignment. Tomorrow only give me this calling. I, I don't want that. Today, I want to just do what, what I have. God is always out to, up, to pour into us. God is always out to give us more. Because faithfulness in little leads to favour for more. If we are not faithful with the little that God has placed and assigned to us, it cannot lead to more favour. It cannot lead to more blessing. Faithfulness in little leads to favour for more. And that is the, 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 the first thing that Paul is reminding the church. And the first thing that I want to remind us today, let's be faithful. Let's remain faithful. And as we remain faithful to the things, to the, even the smallest things that God has given and assigned to us, we will surely see growth. We will surely experience growth. We will surely see God expand our capacity to give, right? Paul goes on in verse 19, he says, circumcision is nothing, uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's command is what counts. The second thing that we are to remain in is we are to remain focused on the command. You see, for Paul to talk about circumcision and uncircumcision in the same breath, yeah, in the same breath, shows us that clearly Paul is referring to something different. Because to the people, if you remember, to the people, when we say circumcision or uncircumcision, okay, currently we, we, don't, we don't really know what that means, lah, right? We don't really know what that feels because, you know, we don't live at that time. But when Paul puts this together and says uncircumcision or circumcision in keeping God's command, what that means is that if we look into the book of Romans that Paul also wrote to the church in Rome, he goes, he goes into great details explaining to them that what, how you are currently living now, that the 
our primary role as Christians is to live out God's command for us. But it's nothing, it has, it has evolved or rather, it is very different than the way they used to think. Keeping God's command in the Old, Test, in the old, in the old Covenant would mean that I have to, to do rituals, I have to keep abiding by rules and regulation. And by doing so, I am keeping God's command. But in the New Covenant, because the New Covenant, because through the New Covenant, Jesus Christ has saved us, it is through that salvation we can now live out the command of God. Do you see the difference here? Because how many of you know doing good works, following rules and regulation does not save us? It is good. It is needed. It is necessary. But if we do good works, if we follow a set of rules, if we come to church for the sake of it, if we serve for the sake of it, and, and, and we are actually missing out on God's intended purpose of why He has come to save us in the first place. Because we have to remember, Jesus Christ, Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. It's in that fulfillment that Paul is trying to point the people to look to Jesus. Look to what he has said. He is the fulfillment of the, of the, of the, uh, of, of the commands of God. And how do we know what God is commanding us? How do we know God's commandments for us? How do we know what is God saying to us? And that's why in YM, we've always emphasised this and we will continue to emphasise this because I believe reading the Word of God is the most essential spiritual discipline that I hope and I pray that as members of this church, we will take it upon ourselves to realise how important it is for us to read the Word, to read our Bible intentionally with discipline because how can we not how do we know if we do not read how do we keep if we do not know we need to read the word we need to emphasize it's in the reading of the word of God that we know and we, we, we find who he really is to us and it is through that we develop that intimacy that identity in who he has called us to be we need to learn to focus on the command, what God has seen. You know, while I was growing up in school, I never had the intention or the dream to, to go overseas. I know some of you all do, which is great. Not, not, nothing, against, nothing against that. But for me, I've never had that dream to study overseas or to even live overseas. Right? Um, I, I just don't have that. But I remember as I was growing up, living at a time where my friends were, were doing all that, I somehow was made to feel that going is better than staying. I was made to feel that when you go overseas to study, when you go overseas to live, it is more exciting. And that has made me felt like a loser staying back in Malaysia. That has made me feel that I'm inadequate, that I'm not good enough. And that so somehow we have developed this mindset and mentality that going is better than staying. And if we're not careful, you see, there, were, there are times and there will be times that God calls us to go. That is great. That's exciting. We go by faith, right? 
But there will also be times that God will call us to stay. And that is just as exciting. That is just as, 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 as good. But if we are not careful, we get so fixated and so focused on the idea, on this mentality, that on the going, 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 what's next, what's next, what's next, what's new, what's new, you know, all these, all these things that the world has, 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 has painted for us, so much so that it has robbed our focus in what God has called us to do. If or even if He calls us to stay. And so, I hope that we don't live our lives, we don't live our, our Christian life thinking that God sent me here, sent me there, sent me here. That's good. If God sends you, we will pray and we will, we will go with you. But what if He calls you to stay? What happens then? Because God will give us the faith to go, but He will also give us the grace to stay. And I hope that we don't get distracted because you see, the ultimate goal, church, the ultimate goal is not whether we go or we stay. The ultimate goal is that we obey. The ultimate goal is that we obey God's command. If He calls us to go, we go. If He calls us to stay, we stay. But many of us, we want to go, but we don't want to stay. We want to obey God to go, but we don't want to obey God to stay. I don't think it works that way. And so I hope that as we, as we, as we uh, um, focus, prioritize the commands of God, as we read His Word, we will stay true to what He's speaking to us, even if it's, He is calling us to stay. Right? Obey God's command to His Word. And obedience is the true sign of, of your love for God. Obedience to God is the true, is this one of the, on, the way we show our love for God. That's God, I obey you. You ask me to go, I go. You ask me to stay, I will stay. And as we remain focused in His command for us, we will surely experience growth. We will surely experience uh, um, um, his, his, his expansion in expanding our capacity, in expanding all that He has called us to do, in expanding our dreams. But first, we must come to that place to remain focused in what He has commanded us. In verse 24, then he goes on to say, Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation that they were that they were called that in the situation they were called or they were in when God called them. The third thing is that we are to remain grateful for the calling. We are to remain grateful for the calling. You see, we often take this word calling as a, a full-time calling. That's, 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 uh, that is one way of using it. We also see this word calling as, you know, what is your destiny? That is also one way to, to, to use it. But the way that Paul is trying to say here, it is that, the, and probably the most important use of this word, it is that He has called us to salvation. And the Apostle Peter also says this in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He says that, For you are chosen people, right? Royal priesthood. Who has who got a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare his praises, 
who called you out of darkness into His marvellous light. You see, God has called us to come out of darkness, to come out of our old selves, to come out of our sins into His marvellous light, into His salvation, His grace and His freedom. And so that is the primary use of this word that Paul is trying to refer, that God has called you. That means He has saved you. And so as I put all this together for us, Paul is essentially saying that each and every one of us should remain faithful, should remain focused, should remain grateful in whatever situation, in whatever season, whatever circumstances that God has placed placed you in because He has saved you. Because He has saved you. That means, church, it's not, it's whether, whether or not I'm here or there, whether I live in Malaysia or Singapore, whether I earn 2,000 ringgit or 20,000 ringgit a month, whether or not I, I'm single or married, I am to be grateful that God has called me out of the darkness into His marvellous light. You see, it is the cross that equalizes us all it is the cross that draws all men. It is the cross that allows us, that elevates us. It is the cross that extends that invitation that we can now be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. And therefore now, you are a child of God. I am a child of God. We are all children of God. But if we... If I am now a child of God, if I am children of God, if we are all sons and daughters of the living God, then why do I still struggle with comparing myself to other people? Why do I still struggle with envy, with jealousy? If we are all the same, if we are all children of God, if we are all, you know, His, His chosen possession, His chosen people, why do then... Why do I still struggle? Why do we still feel when we see someone who is living better lives than us, when we see someone who is so, so more successful than us, why do we feel jealous about it? Why do we feel envious about it? Because the reality is we are all children of God. We are all the same. We, every, everything that God has given to us, it comes from Him. And that is why we need to constantly remind ourselves and tell ourselves that children of God, you see, being inspired by what others have, what others have achieved is good because it pushes us to do better. Being encouraged, being motivated to see somebody else's achievement is good if it inspires us, if it gives us that push to do better. But it becomes toxic when we begin to feel and feel, to feel and think that how come they have it and I don't? It becomes toxic when we begin to see, God, why do you give that person that and not me? You see, because if we are really honest with ourselves, if we really search our hearts, it is not that you don't have it, but sometimes we want it and we don't want them to have it. See, it's not enough that we are rich, you know? I just have to be richer than him. It's not enough that I'm pretty. I just have to be prettier than her. It's not enough that we are happy. I just have to be happier than her, than them. 
You see, when we begin to compare ourselves, when we begin to see what we don't have, that is actually, friends, that is what, we, what they call the spirit of an orphan. An orphan finds it hard to celebrate what they have. Because when they see others have it, when they see others have more favour, for example, we begin to think that because they have favour, I have none. And often begins to see and think, because they have that blessing, therefore I do not have. And when we begin to think that way and feel that way, what happens is, it is no wonder we find it so hard to celebrate people. When others have a new car, when others receive a brand new promotion, when others just move into a new house, we find it very hard to celebrate them. We find it very hard to be truly happy for them. Why? Because deep down inside, we don't want them to have it. We don't want them to have it. You see, sometimes we feel like we are not enough. We feel that we don't have enough. It is not because we really don't have we feel that we don't have enough when we begin to look at what others have and compare. And as we look at what others have, it makes us think and feel that what we have is not enough. And so, comparison only tells us, comparison only reveals to us what we don't have. But comparison is never in the heart of God. God does not want us to compare. He does not design us to compare. He has designed us to be grateful. And that is how we should and ought to respond to Him, to be grateful for what we have. Because it's when we, be, when we are grateful, when we respond to God in a heart of gratitude, what happens is we begin to realise that everything that I have today comes from God. And if all that I have today is all that I ever need, that means all that I ever have is enough. It is enough. What you have is enough. And I have to be honest with you, I struggle with this all the time. I have to constantly tell myself, the amount of shoes I have is enough. The amount of clothes that I have is enough. I don't need to buy any more. But God, if you want to bless me through other people, great, I happily receive it. But when I begin, when we begin to fix our eyes on other people, we begin to feel that what we have is actually not enough. When in actual fact, is all that you ever need. And so we need to remember that we are all equally sinners, saved by grace. We are all equally broken. We are all equally messed up. And when we remember that while we are still in our sin, God came down to earth to die on the cross for us, to save us, to redeem us and rescue us, then we will begin to see how unworthy we are in light of what He has done for us. So let us not compare. Let us not compare ourselves to men because they are also as imperfect as you. They are also as broken as you. They are also as, as flawed as us. We are all equally sinners saved by grace. But if we want to compare, not saying that we should compare, but if we want to look at who we are, look, to, look at who we are in light of who He is. When we begin to look at who we are in light of who He is, we will experience grace. We will experience love. We will experience His mercy in light of a perfect God. 
And so a grateful heart stops the comparison in us. A grateful heart will lead us to contentment and contentment lead us to joy. So we will surely grow as we remain grateful in the calling of God, remembering that Christ has saved me, redeemed me, and, I sec- and as I securely plant myself in His finished work, as I securely plant myself and remain planted in the finished work of the cross, then surely I will experience a growth that I've never experienced before. As I come to a close today, we, will re- we remain faithful to the assignment, we remain focused on the command, and we remain grateful to the calling. And as we remain in those things, as we allow ourselves to, to be open by God to, for God to use us and, and, what, 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 and what He wants to do through us, to stay in the environment in His presence, to develop that intimacy, surely, surely we will experience a growth that we have never experienced before. And I'm not just speaking for, for in light of our ministry, but as personally, in our individual lives, we will also develop that. Is the grass greener on the other side? Perhaps it is. Perhaps it is not. But what I know for a fact is that your grass in which you are standing on today will always be dry. It will always be less green. It will always be, 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 uh, um, to, it will always be dry in a sense so long we keep our eyes focused on the other side. So long we keep comparing ourselves to them, to what people have, to what others are doing. So long we keep our eyes fixed on the other side, on the other side of the fence and not remain faithful and not remain focused and not remain grateful with what He has given to us and what He has done for us. Because do you want to know why the grass is greener on the other side? It's because the people there are watering it. Because the people there are nurturing it. Because the people there are loving it, are caring for it, are planting seeds and reaping the harvest. That is why the grass is greener on the other side. Because they are focused. Because they are faithful. Because they are grateful for what God has done for them. And so I hope and I pray that our eyes and our focus will not be is the grass better there? Is the grass greener there? Your grass can be green tomorrow if you choose to water it today. Your grass can be green tomorrow if you choose to water it, to nurture it, to care for it today. As we prepare our hearts for our upcoming uh, anniversary on, the, on, the, on May 16. I feel that in this service, the Lord is leading us to, to, to really posture our hearts as we approach uh, our, our anniversary. And how he, would, how he would like us to respond today is that I, I keep hearing the Lord asking this question, can you be grateful for what you have Can we be grateful for what we have? It's a very simple question, but it leads to many difficult answers. Can we be grateful for YM? Can we be grateful for our pastors? 
Can we be grateful for our leaders? Can we be grateful for our members? As imperfect as all those things are, can we choose, can we still choose to respond with a heart of gratitude? Because gratefulness leads to contentment. Contentment leads to joy. And joy leads to strength. The strength to remain. The strength to do it all over again. The strength to go at it again. But we must learn to be thankful, to be grateful for what we have. Because faithfulness with little will lead to favour for more. And I hope and I pray that as we respond to God today, let us come to a, come, come to a, a place as we posture up our hearts, as we begin to allow the Spirit to search us and I invite the team to, to, to join me today as we, as we just, you know, um, um, as we worship through this song. Allow the Lord to ask us this question. Can we learn to be grateful? Can we learn to be thankful? Can we learn to say thank you? Even if it's not up to our expectation. Even if it's not up to what we think or what we've dreamt of. Can we still learn to be grateful today? Can we still learn to say thank you, Lord, for this ministry? Thank you, Lord, for these members. Thank you, Lord, for this team.